When we wake up each morning, do we actually think that what we can do can change the world in some way? Most of us are just grateful to change the sheets on a regular basis. I had to do that last night. And then I met a couple of gals at Trader Joe's. <clears throat> I was, um, we just gotten back from my uh, Midwestern cross-country trip and I knew I needed to get some supplies. So I went over to Trader Joe's and there were these two girls who were <clears throat> talking in a foreign language and I knew it wasn't one that I recognized. And so I, I thought about it to myself and then I just kept shopping and then I kept running into them. And so finally in front of the carrots, I said, so what language, what language are you speaking? <clears throat> and uh, they looked a little startled and like they were asking me to guess. I said, is it German? They go, yes, but they were hesitant. So I said, is it Austrian German? And they said, yes. And the only reason I know that I'm not that smart is that we have some really great friends from Austria who have lived with us for a little bit. <clears throat> so I told them that story. And then I said, you know, what are you doing? Well, they're traveling. And I said, do you need a place to stay tonight? <laughs> and they said, maybe. So they were living at, the, they said a camper, but it was like a van. <clears throat> so they called me a little, I said, I can't cook your dinner. I'm too tired. But um, they were buying food and they ended up calling me later and they came over and uh, made couscous and green salad in our kitchen because it was just easier to do that than out of the back of their van, <clears throat> even though that was kind of a setup they had. I said, you probably just want to take a shower in the house. I go, we'd really like to sleep in a bed. It's been a long time. So they did that. <clears throat> and I don't know if we changed their lives, but we did for one night and uh, gave them a little copy of my podcast information. And then we called our friends in um, Australia, fed them chocolate chip pancakes this morning. And then um, and then we called our friends, Pita, in Austria, and they chatted in their own language. And uh, it was just great. And Mark is really, my husband is an introvert, but he's really great with uh, internationals. We've had so many in our home through the years, <clears throat> raised our kids with international students and so as Mark says, we brought the world to them. And so that has been wonderful. So uh, I guess we started talking about changing people's lives and also changing sheets. <clears throat> as followers of Jesus, we are not um, only called to an eternal purpose to love God and our neighbor. We also get the privilege of, of partnering with the Son of God to help change lives, one life perhaps maybe two lives. Oh, these girls, I said, what are your names? And they both said, well, that's easy. We're both called Sarah. So my husband called them Sarah one and Sarah two. And uh, we, we open our homes and our lives and maybe have to change sheets more than once, um, all for the sake of the kingdom, <clears throat> for God's glory, uh, and for our good, and also for the good of those who come in our homes. Does that sound too hard to you, for you? I know it can be overwhelming. Uh, too exhausting. Um, it can to me until I remember how Jesus spoke to many individuals, not just to crowds of 5,000 and more. So you might be just meeting one person's need and say, oh, that's not very big. Yes, it is. It's exactly where God wants you to be. He met needs one-on-one -on -one, <clears throat> as well as breaking bread and uh, fish for hungry men and women and their kids on a mountain more than one time. I've learned that inviting uh, one person for coffee can really change their world, at least for that day. Um, one may seem frightening even, uh, or maybe they're feeling sad and, and you don't know how to fix them and you really can't. God doesn't call us to fix people. Isn't that a relief? Um, maybe someone's facing divorce or uncertainty of some sort. <clears throat> God loves people 
And most of the world doesn't realize that. And we who know that God loves us, we are, it really behooves us to pass on that love. And we don't have to go to seminary to do that. We don't have to uh, create a Bible study online or do a Zoom group of some sort. We just need to open our homes. And it doesn't sound very complicated because it's not. I mean, I didn't even feed those girls last night and I just gave them chocolate chip pancakes today and they're very happy and coffee, no cream. <clears throat> I was hoping it would be as strong as Vienna coffee, but I knew it wasn't. <laughs> they didn't say anything. God loves people and he wants us to use our tables and our teapots to show people that he does. Really, that's the only thing. Your cup of coffee or tea or soup or water can be an introduction to God that they've been looking for their whole lives. <clears throat> I have a sweatshirt that reads, my real home is heaven. I'm just here recruiting. Um, I usually don't wear that on a first meetup. <laughs> don't want to scare people off, but it's true. And I've had people smile or light up when they see it. Um, a while ago, I shared three stories about how God changed lives through a simple invitation. And here are three more for you today. And maybe you've been the recipient of an invitation that changed your life. I would love to hear about it. Please, you can email me at sue at welcomeheart.com <clears throat> or uh, reply in the show notes on my website. I call it Welcome Heart because it's based on God's welcome heart. And the reason we do hospitality is to show him off, to give him glory. Yes, for sure, to give him glory. And then to show the world that he has been beckoning to them their whole lives since before they were born, as it says in the Psalms, <clears throat> Psalm 139. Uh, maybe you have been a recipient of an invitation that changed your life in some way. I'd love to hear that story as well. I could collect those stories too, where someone invited you, maybe a friend and maybe a stranger. I'd love to hear that story. So feel free to um, email me, sue at welcomeheart.com. And I love to talk about hospitality. So if your church is needing some sort of a women's event speaker, I've been doing this for over 20 years and I figure I don't have that many years left. So I'm happy to come and talk about the stories of God um, and to inspire your women to draw closer to him, to receive his welcome, as well as to pass it along to someone else. Uh, okay, so today the stories are someone who needs a family, someone who needs to learn to live awake, and then someone who needs a little help. <clears throat> God shows up when we do hospitality because God is a welcoming God. Annie was one of our favorite customers when I worked at the thrift store here in town. She was going through a hard divorce. Aren't they all hard? And sometimes her, her two darling blonde girls would come into the thrift store with her. She said that for some reason we made her cry. Uh, I think that's just because her emotions were so close to the surface and we were kind to her. And you know, when you're feeling terrible and someone's nice to you, it does make you cry. She never left the store without coming around the cash register counter to get a big hug from us. <clears throat> One November, about three days before Thanksgiving, she came in and I overheard her tell my friend who was at the front of the store, that this will be the first Thanksgiving. I will not be with my two little girls because they will be with their dad. And of course I perked up and I was over, I was listening without her knowing I was listening. And she added, and I don't want to go anywhere else so that I'm not a downer. Isn't that interesting? She's the one feeling bad 
badly, but she doesn't want to make anybody else feel bad. I pretended I didn't hear her. So when she came my way in the store, I said, hey, um, Amy, Annie, do you want to uh, come for Thanksgiving? <laughs> and I, I didn't really know her. You know, I didn't know the last names of my customers, even though she was a favorite customer. I said, Annie, do you want to come for Thanksgiving? And I just kept talking, you know, so, you know, when you're nervous, you just keep talking. I said, we're kind of loud. We play games. I was having a lot of relatives that particular Thanksgiving. And there's lots of food and it sort of, you know, <clears throat> petered off. And she perked right up and she replied, well, I'm a good cook. I just made caramel salted brownies. <laughs> I thought, wow, that really has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but I'm going to go with it. And I said, well, my girls will, will not eat pie. I've been trying for years, but they would love caramel salted brownies and said, and I, and I added, you could just leave them on the porch. You don't even have to come for Thanksgiving. Just bring the brownies. And we laughed because it was kind of funny. But then she walked away and I didn't have her contact information. So, so I had to leave it in God's hands, which is not a bad place to leave things, you know, but I always want to be a little bit in control. <clears throat> and I emailed my siblings who were going to be joining us. And I said, if Annie comes, do not ask her about her kids because she will cry. Well, they didn't know who Annie was and I hardly knew who Annie was, but they were, you know, they were determined not to ask her if she came. Later that afternoon, my friend at work said, guess what? Annie texted me and she wants your phone number. <clears throat> I said, well, why don't you give me her phone number? She goes, nope, it's going to leave it in God's hands. So my friend gave Annie my phone number. And um, later that night, I was, I was sitting in the family room talking to my sister-in-law, Anne, <clears throat> another Anne. And I said, uh, I said, oh, I just got a text from Annie. And Annie had texted me, I'm coming 50-50, like she wasn't sure, 50-50. And Anne said, tell her to, to send the 50. And she told me later that that's what made her come because she thought that was so funny. You know, you just never know. God uses a sense of humor because he, of course, is the foundation of great laughter and humor. <clears throat> so the next day she made the brownies and she braved our loud fi family um, we had the best time. My one brother, Haya, gave her a painting. He brought 10 paintings to give away. And the first one he gave away was to Annie. <clears throat> My brother, Steve, writes poetry. And he brought some books of poems. And he gave her a book of poetry. And I gave her food and a hug. And uh, she didn't stay long because she was going to be able to spend some time with her kids later in the day. But she came to me privately and she said, this is the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. Wow. Now, there's a story behind that, isn't there? Why would that be her best? A Thanksgiving with complete strangers. I didn't even know her last name. Two weeks later, she came in the store. I said, Annie, I said, would you, would you like to come to church? And she said, what church? I said, well, the one downtown, you know, it's on the street. And she goes, oh, I know where that is. And she came the next day. And after church, I said, do you want to come over for some chocolate chip pancakes? See, those are easy. You can make those at the spur of the moment. Uh, and Annie began sharing her story with me right here in our kitchen. I had to stop cooking as she talked. It was so intense hearing her story, and I didn't want to burn the pancakes. She said something about the pastor spoke right to her heart. And now I have no idea even what Sunday that was or what. Uh, Tim was preaching on, but something he said 
it's not what he said, is it? It's the Holy Spirit working through our words. Spoke right to her heart. <clears throat> a week later, she stopped by the store. And I said, would you like to come for coffee? Like after work someday. And it was the week she didn't have her children. So she stopped by that Wednesday. And at that same Thanksgiving table, only it was minus a leaf, of course, she grabbed my hand and she prayed to ask Jesus to come into her life. Now you listen to this. Annie did not come to Jesus because of the right words, believe me, or the right food or the right centerpiece or the house or even the right relatives. <clears throat> she came because God showed up. We never host alone. He's with us. There is no right way to do hospitality. We just need to do hospitality, especially for someone who may need a family. God will show up when we invite because God is a welcoming God. I tell you this simple story because I've seen how God changes the world. One cup of coffee at a time and tea works too. The second story has to do with my neighbor. Jamie lived a life curled up in a ball on her couch most days. She told me this later when we got to know each other. She would drive just to drive, just to get out of the house. She was afraid to step into relationships or to try out her God-given talents. <clears throat> when she and her uh, sweet family first moved in two doors down from from us, I invited her for coffee because that's what I do with new neighbors. Also, her husband's a doctor, and I thought, well, he's a very young doctor, and my husband's a lot older doctor, and I thought, well, they would have something to talk about, and maybe Mark could kind of mentor him in doctoring. And I invited him for Thanksgiving and for Christmas Eve and for lunch and for coffee again, and she did not respond. I began to think that she just didn't want to come over. Sometimes it takes me a while to finger, figure things out. So I sort of stopped inviting her. Still, a couple years after that time, I texted Jamie and another neighbor across the street. They were friends, both young. I said, do you want to join my Zoom 6 a.m. Bible study? It was the very beginning of COVID. Or the second year of COVID, actually. And she texted right back, thank you, Sue. That's all she said. Thank you, Sue. You know, when someone thanks you, but they don't add anything, it means it's a no. That was it. Thank you, Sue. I took it to mean no. And I was right. She didn't plan on coming. Two days before we were to begin the study, which was Jesus and Women by Christy McClellan, I received a text late at night. Sue, is it too late to join the Bible study? Wow. Wow. No, it wasn't. Jamie joined us that Wednesday at 6 a.m. We all wore, wore our robes because <laughs> it was so early and we'd just gotten up. And over those very early mornings in the weeks ahead, she shared her story with a group of women, mostly strangers. And we loved her. She had been depressed and not herself after her son was born. Maybe that happened to you too. She moved to a new town and she stayed inside mostly. One day she told us she was doing yoga. <clears throat> and in the child's pose, she asked herself, why do I always say no? She couldn't answer that question. 
Later that week, after sitting a long time in her car in the grocery store parking lot, it was at Sprouts, I think, she walked inside finally and she glimpsed the front cover of a magazine that read, The Power of Connections Overcoming Loneliness. That was it. She took it as a personal invitation to begin again. I don't think she even read the article. She just read the title. Isn't it amazing how God works? She joined Bible study that week. She brought me homemade soup and cookies. She brought salad and bread to John down the street who lost his wife. She began singing and playing her guitar on Instagram. She did it in town this past week at the farmer's market. Writing songs, posting them on Instagram. She shared her brokenness with uh, the girls on Zoom. And she began to live awake to God's presence. As author Anjali Pascal writes, true awakeness isn't what we do, but who we are connected to. God is always on the move to wake me up to his presence. Wow. What do we need to do to wake up to his presence? Jamie needed to say yes. <clears throat> Within a few months, Jamie woke up to life, eternal life, to God's love and his unending mercy, to his personal invitation to come and know him again. And still, and over and over again, she invited me to her outdoor baptism. It was wonderful. Her mind and heart changed. I've learned that God doesn't set a timer when I come into his presence. She learned that too. Jamie experienced a mind shift from thinking that she wasn't worthy to knowing that she was. From thinking she didn't have anything to offer to acting on the gifts she acknowledged were from God. From thinking her desires weren't important to recognizing that she was made for purpose and joy and healthy relationships. She began to spill over in small and big ways, inviting her workmates to church, asking new neighbors for tea, beginning voice lessons, throwing herself birthday parties, worthy of a daughter of the king. Jamie heard God say to her through McClellan's Bible study, take heart, daughter. And she realized that he was talking to her all because of a simple invitation. Several, in fact, I had to make a lot of invitations and magazine covers work too. I tell you this simple story because I've seen how God changes the world. One cup of coffee at a time. Tea works too. Lastly, an invitation to the one who needs a little help. You'll love this story. Our parents' house wasn't the biggest house, but my mom's heart may have been the biggest heart. One night, dad was speeding. Now he was in his 80s. <clears throat> uh, I don't think he was going 80 miles per hour, but he was speeding on the way home from church. <laughs> isn't that great? And he got caught. I add that last part because most people speed and we rarely get caught. I say we because I speed. I know this from personal experience. Now, the folks were speeding along on their way home from church, got stopped by a lady cop. She asked for their license and registration. And while dad was getting what she needed, my mother, who was not able to resist getting acquainted with a stranger, even one in uniform, opened the conversation. So how long have you lived in the South Bay area? She asked. And the woman replied, I don't live, live here. I live in Temecula. She replied, how come? My mom asked. That's so far away. 
She said, well, my job is here, but I live with my boyfriend who lives there. Well, mom, curiouser and curiouser persisted. So why don't you two get married? When you're old, see, you can ask all sorts of rude questions and get away with it. By this time, I can hear my dad saying to mom while patting her knee, now Betty, hoping against hope that curiosity wouldn't kill a cop's goodwill. The officer answered, oh, we don't care about getting married. Marriage is just a piece of paper. Mom could not help herself. I know this off because often I can't help myself. She said, really? A piece of paper? Well, you sure were interested in a piece of paper from us just a few minutes ago. <laughs> they all laughed. Thank goodness. And dad got off with a warning. Then the coup de grace of mom and her big heart. My mother said, would you like to stay overnight in our extra room when you work late in our town? Maybe that's why I asked those two Austrian girls to spend the night last night. It's my mother. <laughs> then you wouldn't have to drive home late at night after work. Surprisingly, the officer said yes. And the folks shared their home address. For the next three months, my parents slept safe and sound with their personal security officer asleep in the front bedroom. She brought her own sleeping bag rather than cause more work for mom. See, she didn't have to change more sheets for company. And mom said they rarely saw her coming and going. I wonder now, did the officer ever marry her boyfriend? Did she marvel at how complete strangers could open their home so readily? Did she catch a glimpse of Jesus and his welcoming heart for those three months? I'm not sure about the answer to the first two questions. But I'm guessing she figured out that there was something holy about the front room ready and waiting for her after her late night shift. Biblical hospitality is defined by welcoming the stranger. It doesn't mean just getting together with old friends around a barbecue. That's fun too. And that changes a lot of people's worlds. But it's not the same thing. All good gifts come from God. Peter wrote, this is in the Phillips translation, 1 Peter 4.10, serve one another with the particular gifts God has given each of you as faithful dispensers of the magnificently varied grace of God. God gives us things, gifts like making the best brownies out of a box or a dynamo barbecue recipe or patio attached to your back room with a cover in case it rains. Or maybe he's blessed you with an empty front room, just waiting for someone to come in so that you have to change the sheets one more time. He gives these gifts and many, many others. And what does he expect from us? To give them away. When we do, we change the world. One cup of coffee or sleeping bag or cup of tea at a time. If you've enjoyed these stories today, if they've moved you at all, would you please uh, leave a note in comments and also please share it with a friend or two. Maybe someone you know is like this and they would be awakened to life when they heard the story. And they might want to come over to your house and share a cup of coffee. Let me know how that goes. And thanks for sharing and leaving an honest review. You have a wonderful day. And maybe you better get that guest room ready. You never know who you'll meet at Trader Joe's. Thanks so much.